hello and welcome to episode three of the Sabercast for this season with myself, Glenn Price, and I'm joined by Ollie Warner. Slightly later than usual, Ollie. We were pretty distracted tonight, weren't we? Yeah, it's been a mad day of sport. A mad day <laughs> of sport. Grand Prix was fantastic, and then yeah, Cricket World Cup. Yeah, and the tennis. My mum and dad have been watching the tennis over their house as well, and that went to a. I think there was a tiebreaker going on in the in the tennis in the final, and then uh, the super over in the cricket at the same time. It, too much intense sport, Ollie. So we started half an hour earlier, uh, well later tonight, didn't we? So we might be a bit later putting this online, but that's, it has been fantastic. That's what I love about football. Is what I love about all sport. To be honest with you, Ollie, I think you're pretty similar. Is that there's just so much passion for people who really invest their time in any sport, and I, I kind of like watching all different sports, particularly when your na- nation's involved in it, and it does. It does get you off your seat and cheering, even if shoes we aren't playing at the moment. But um, yeah, it's been brilliant. Yeah, it's good. It's good for to see these other sports. Yeah, we've talked about Formula One a few times. That's been quite funny. Yes. And Vettel's career just knife nose diving. It's <laughs> quite funny. Um, and yeah, some amazing battles in Formula One today. It was unbelievable. So yeah, that's all good fun. And yeah, cricket was good. And looking forward to the Ashes as well, where it starts on the first of August. So looking forward to that as well so yeah fantastic and what a way to win and yeah we were texting and messaging each other when we got a, yeah. a guest on the podcast and we were delaying and he was happy to delay as well so that was fun there was, there was some other sport this morning as well I played golf at Welshpool and is it was that terrible. sport you playing golf <laughs> if you'd watch me this morning I don't think you could describe it as golf you could describe it as a very angry man going around a golf course trying to hit a white, white ball and you went really for a nice walk so. Yeah, it, was a, it wasn't even a nice walk, it's too early. Um, but there we go, but we we'll, go. Get to, we'll get on to the podcast. We've got a bit to cover, haven't we? Um, yeah. We should just say, we've we've obviously just, you mentioned it there, we have a, we've had an interview with um, uh, Graham from the Roker Report Extra on Donald Love, so we'll, we'll get into that when we talk about the new signings. But yeah, we're going to cover um, the departures, uh, of which there were two last week, the, the new signing of Donald Love. We're going to cover what happened in Portugal, um, and Scooter, who's been on the podcast before, came around to, to talk about that, so we've got some audio that I recorded with him. And then we're going to do a little look at some of the interviews this week, because other than Ricketts, John um, Pitts and also Eric Ramsey um, have had a chat and it's always interesting seeing what those guys have got to say about what's going on and then we'll wrap this up um, with some questions from the fan base Ollie so yeah, it's yeah a little bit going on this week and it's been good to get some guests so we'll crack on yeah good pod and yeah it should be a good one and yeah I've already listened to the interview with you did with Scooter I was yep. took the dog for a walk had a pint and I was, and you said it's on the drive so yeah listen to that and it's really good so yeah it's good, good. insight and um, yeah I'm sure the fa- I'm sure the listeners will enjoy that as well good stuff and have this corner kick as they chase the third goal before half time Lawrence with it, right footed, could break, should be a goal, and it is! But it's Connor Golson, isn't it? Connor Golson eventually scores! Corner fell for him. He had time. So, a couple of departures. Um, first, let's cover um, Ryan Haynes. So Ryan mm-hmm. Haynes left um, for an undisclosed fee. I'd love to see this spreadsheet of these departures. I don't know whether it's a pound or ten grand or you know ten hundred k or something. Who knows? But he left um, having made um, twenty five appearances, most of those under John Askey. So Samaris explained the decision, saying basically that you know it was unlikely he was going to feature with Scott Goldborn in front of him and also Ryan Haynes, uh, Ryan Ryan Haynes, Ryan Giles coming in from Wolverhampton. Yeah. So it's not a surprise, and Ryan. Would have been third choice, so he's left. So you know, obviously helps the budget going on and helps the lad as well move on with his career because you know he needs to be playing football at this this stage. Yeah, and I think he, you know, we'd found out as the week went on last week that he'd been left behind, didn't go to Portugal. Yeah. Um, so pretty obvious that we were trying to move him out of the football club. And uh, yeah, I, where did he go? I can't remember. New, I went to New um, Newport County in Leeds, did, didn't he? Which is a decent move for him, I think. Yeah, it's you a know. good move. Very good team and good manager. Yeah, he's got Mickey Dimitri there to learn off, who's obviously a pretty decent standard sort of left back now. At Leeds. No, he's a central defender. He plays for Newport well, County. Well, yeah, I guess so. He was a left back for us, wasn't he? Yeah, so he was. He's, he's, he's he plays centre half now. 
Um, but yeah, so I think it's a decent move for him, and, and obviously Notts County uh, got a, got a decent player there. I think, but I, I'm not overly fussed. He's gone. I think we we had our criticisms and comments on him last season, and um, he was definitely one of those players. That at the end of last season, we said if there was a, a, a unit that we could improve, it was left back. And I think Giles, um, you know, if you consider Scott Goldborn to be the backup and Giles as, as the first uh, player in that position, I think we've definitely upgraded on what we had at the start of last season. So I'm not. I think we've done well at left back so far. Yeah. No, I think we've got. I think left back is left wing back is one of our probably more solid with the central defenders I'd say um, you're very in a very very solid place now yeah, it's, it is interesting how many of ASCII signings are now gone do you know what I mean yeah. we've, we've really shed a lot of them whether it be in January Just last rushing doesn't it just shows you how important planning and having a strategy and implementing that strategy um, yeah. Yeah. and then talking of players that departed another one so Alex Gilead left he's gone to Scunthorpe with um, Paul Hurst suggests maybe it was actually a Paul Hurst signing yeah um, I thought that yeah Yeah. so um, so yeah he played 35 games in all, in all for Shrewsbury um, and he moves on to Scunthorpe so yeah again the player going dropping down going to League 2 so two departures this week and obviously helps trim the squad yeah I mean I think you know, you could fairly say that they're both going down to a level they'll be more comfortable at. It's yeah. interesting, we were about to start recording the podcast, weren't we? And I was like, you do realise Alex Gilead's left this week as well, which probably tells you as much as as much as we think about Alex Gilead as, uh, as from what his season was last year, because we just totally blanked it, didn't we, I suppose? Yeah, but, I forgot. Um, I forgot yeah, to put it on the well, agenda. We, we both forgot, really. But um, yeah, it's... Um, I, you know, I wasn't a huge fan of Alex Gilead from last season. I'm surprised he played 30, 35 games on all, but I suppose some of those were checker trade games and stuff, weren't they? And um, again, another player that just... You know, for all the technical ability that people thought he had, really didn't show it enough. And if he's just not going to do it, then move him on and let's get someone in that can try and prove that they've got the ability yeah. or consistency in that position. I mean, we're clearly not going to play with wingers, so they're not exactly. Anyway. So there was, yeah, yeah there was from a, even just even from a, a quality point of view. Um, you know, we've got bloated squad. We're not going to play with wingers. It's just it's an obvious make move to make. Yep, exactly. And that's it. Only two out this week. I suspect, yeah. uh, we said last week, you know, dental problems still continue for Anthony Grant. Um, he's almost certainly going, isn't yeah, he? But so, it still hasn't been done. So we had a question from one of the fans. So, so Mike um, asked, you know, what other, you know, who else could depart? Mm. So who else do you think could depart? So you just mentioned Grant, so he might leave. Yeah, I get, I get vibes, Issa. Possibly, yeah, maybe on loan alone. or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I, I just don't see how he fits into the tactic we're going to play potentially with wing backs. You know, you could say maybe you'll play a ten role, but that's not him, is it? He's well, maybe he's a striker, feels, but yeah, yeah he's more of a winger, but, isn't he? Yeah, I get the feeling that he might be one to, to make way, and it's and it did sound like we were going to be moving on um, Cameron Gregory on loan as well, but maybe the injury that we'll, we'll come to. I discussed it with um, with uh, Scooter when we did the Portugal bit, but um, obviously we had a keeper get injured, so potentially he's going to keep Cameron Gregory as the backup. I, I don't know, but those were the ones I was thinking of. I, I don't know if there's anyone else still that's knocking around. You think might go? Do you think Waterfall will go? I'm not. I'm not sure. It will. No, I'm not sure Waterfall will go. I'm not sure if no. take as imagine he's on decent work. Yeah. Um, so he'll probably be unlikely to want to leave. And yeah, I can't really think of anyone else. Obviously, um, the shop's going to stay around because he offered him that extra contract. I'm not really sure. Maybe maybe Laurent will go, but I quite like him. So I imagine he'll stay. He's got a bit of an engine in him. Um, but I think other than that, I think the players leaving, it'll probably just be youth players going out on loan after Issa and Grant, I'd say. But you yeah. never know what might happen. You never know. We might get a big bid for one of our players. Obviously, Norburn's going to be staying now unless there's a mental bid for him. Well, he's at risk, I guess. Being with his injury as well, Ollie, I suspect no one's going to yeah. take a risk on Norburn no. now. So I suspect he'll be here for, for the duration. Or at least yeah, until he mentioned that. So he came back from Portugal in, in a knee brace, which is not ideal for our yeah record signing and you know signing a new contract. 
It's not great, is it? No, no. I mean, he was going to be like, just signs a new contract, is, is going to be the man to build around, almost certainly club captain, and appears to have got crocked in a reasonably serious way. We, we're yet to find out the details of it, but I mean, it's the last knee thing injury's we never hear. a good one, is it? You know, you'd rather someone like Dev Edwards got injured, who's likely to get injured rather than possibly one of our key players. But um, I don't know, we'll have to hope, keep fingers crossed it isn't as bad as it possibly sounded like from that first interview by the town, but. Uh, yeah, there we go. I, I suppose that brings us to, to new signings, Ollie. And, yep. and um, yeah, just run us through the details of, of Donald Love as a starting point. Yeah, so um, he's tw- um, 24 years old. Um, he was a Man United youth player. Um, he signed for Sunderland. Um, things quite didn't go to plan. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we'll share most. We've got a really good interview um, with Graham from the Roker Report, which we'll share in a moment. Um, just before we get there, so he hasn't played a lot of games. He played 35 league games um, at the age of 24. To put into context, Faye is a year younger. He's played 178 league games, so he's played 143 league games more than, um, than, than D-Love. So, yeah, it, you could say he's fresh, maybe. <laughs> he's got, you know, he hasn't got, he hasn't done a lot of running yet. So, yeah, it's going to be an interesting sign. And I guess we can probably um, say too much apart from the fact that his parents and family and stuff live in Shropshire, so that's going to help him a bit. He's got a connection with um, Roshan from Man United and also they've got the same people, so he's got a bit of a link there. There's no real interview with Sam Ricketts. There's a few lines on the Shooter Town website, but no interview about him. So we'll save um, Sam Ricketts' comments. Um, you can do cover that in the next podcast, Glenn. Yeah, sure. It was interesting. They they put we've signed Donald Love and we'll interview Ricketts uh, in, more, in more detail when he gets back from from Portugal. I had visions of Ricketts lounging on a sun lounger, sort of. At, I think they announced it at eight o'clock at night, didn't they? On on whenever it was, and I can imagine just lying on the sun lounger and, and the media team phoned him up for a few words on Donald Love, and he's just said blah 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 blah. Leave me alone. I'm on all day, lads. <laughs> just put the phone down. So yeah, hopefully we'll get to a bit more about the signing and, and the thoughts behind it. But for me, we, we you know we need a right back, wing back, and so he fits that bill at least. But um, yeah, we did have say so we got. Graham from the Roker Report yeah. we both been on the Roker Report podcast when we played Sunderland and he's a, a really nice chap so we'll, we'll play you in the audio from our, our discussion with him and he really does bring to life what is as he describes a cult figure at Sunderland Hello Graham hi welcome to the Saladcast good to have you on Hi mate nice to speak to you again how are you doing are you all? Yeah, we're good. Well, and there's Glenn as well. So there's the three of us. So yeah, Graham, just further and um, for the listeners, can you just like maybe introduce yourself? Yeah, of course. Uh, so my name's Graham. We've given that one away. Um, <laughs> I am the the host of uh, the Roker Report Extra podcast and the occasional host of the Roker Report podcast, where we interview a few former players. Done a little bit for the Sunland fanzine, uh, not Sunland fanzine, the Sunland program, and I just generally talk shite about Sunland for <laughs> not even a living. I just talk shite about Sunland pretty much. You'll be well, cool. more than welcome on this podcast, then. <laughs> cool, yes, yeah, you, you fit in well. Um, so cool. So yeah, I'm keen to have you on. We were chatting when the rumours kind of started that we might be signing and um, signing Donald Love, and one of the things that was quite apparent online there was quite a lot of bit of humour about him. So I thought, you know, that's definitely a good opportunity to get you on. So. He signed for me from Man United, and yeah, kind of like, what's his story, and why has he got this kind of like, yeah, interesting um, relationship with the Sunderland fans? Oh, it's, it's a really hard one to describe, D Love. Um, <laughs> thing, thing is with uh, with Donald is he when he signed under David Moyes, um, we had a right back on loan who now plays for um, those lot up the road, which is DeAndre Yedlin, who was like all right he wasn't great he wasn't he was he just he did a job but he did a, a really good job and like our great escape under Allardyce as it was he didn't come back he actually ended up going to Newcastle um and we 
struggle if, if, my, if my memory serves me right we struggled to bring anyone in under david moyes and it was a, a bit of a a bit of a clusterfuck of a window um and then out of nowhere they were like oh you're signing two players for man united and one was paddy mcnair which mm-hmm. doesn't fill you with optimism and we're like well who's the other one it's like oh donald's love and you just got a stupid little name and like <laughs> a cute little face that you just want to like you just want to rub his cheeks and we thought oh maybe he's just like a backup for like uh, billy jones or whoever going to bring a better right back in and, and lo and behold he, he started the first game of the season against um against man city pep guardiola's first game and you know what he actually didn't look that out of place in the first game brilliant um but at the same time like you could also tell he was like he had he was totally raw and like really rough around the edges as it was he kind of didn't really do anything in the first season he gradually dropped out the first team picture because he's, he's not Premier League level um, in any way shape size or form but then he, he had this weird this weird statistic which I'll, I'll be honest it's kind of fell out of its arse now but at, at one point when he played we would win games but it had nothing to do with him he was just he was in the squad <laughs> it's the opposite of Bale he'd kind of like win and it was really odd um but we got we got him from Man United, and it was just like the name Don, Donald Love, like D Love, is just a bit just a bit daft. And I think I think he's kind of like, he's kind of weird cult hero. Well, he's not a hero. He's just there's a weird cult of Donald Love. Came from the fact that he was he just looked a bit daft. He looked he was a bit silly as a football player. He wasn't terrible. He was nowhere near great. He had a like I say, a daft, funny little name, and you can have so many chants. Like I remember I remember getting royally drunk. With uh, one of our other writers, Tom Tom Walsh, at the Man City game, first game of the season, and it was just walking back from Eastland singing um, Hadaway, you know what what is love? Just singing Donald Love, Sunland Don't Hurt Me, just continuously throughout the night. And you also had like Don Love for the Mother's Pride, Don Love for the times we cried, all that kind of stuff. It was just <laughs> it, it, just ridiculous. He's just a, he's he's a bit of a ridiculous player without actually being that ridiculous. He's just kind of rank average. I was going to ask you a question because one of the things we saw on quite a few Twitter accounts, and I think when anyone leaves a football club, um, the, neg- the, the, the response of the fans of the club that's left are normally quite negative. And I saw a lot of people saying, I genuinely think Donald Love is the ro- worst right back to ever play for Sunderland Football Club. Do you, as- do you ascribe to that feeling? Oh, I've seen some bad right backs. I, don't. <laughs> I, und- I mean, here's a thing. I'll give you two sides of that. Um, for me, the worst right back that's ever played for Sunderland is a guy called Gareth Hall. Okay. Um, my dad would say a guy called Steve Hetsky, which is just before my time. But you could also have Billy Jones. Like, I hate Billy Jones. He once oh. got me tickets to the Players' Lounge, so I can't hate him too much. But I do hate Billy Jones. So sorry if you're listening, Billy. Thanks, but sorry I didn't like he, you as a player at all. He's a Shropshire, I think he's a Shropshire lad, Billy Jones. Yeah, he's from Shrewsbury, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, I hate listening. Another one with a silly name, because he, he sounded like he was in... Put like uh, the Beano, <laughs> Billy Jones. It's a Beano name, yeah, isn't it? It's, true it's enough. name. But but with Don Love, it, ah yeah, I understand it. I mean, I I did an article, a four pot, a four piece article on Sunderland's worst twenty five players of the last quarter century, and he was like number thirty seven, and he was the only current player that's in there. No, oh, no. But do you know what's actually weird about Donald Love, right? And people might forget this, but there was a weird phase during like the early rounds of the FA Cup where David Moyes played him in defensive midfield, and he was all right. Oh, God. But people oh. forget he was kind of oddly okay. Maybe that's why we're letting Grant go, Ollie. We're going to play Donald Love as the sitting central defensive well, midfielder. Yeah. <laughs> we're likely to play um, wing-backs this season, yes. three at yeah. the back and wing-backs, and we think he's going to be all right wing-back. 
Um, he mentioned, he yeah, he mentioned that he can play different positions. But in, has he got any pace at all? He's all right going forward. I mean, he's like, he's, he's not bad going forward. And and you know what? He's there is that theory that you don't play for Manchester United at any level if you're rubbish. And mm, yeah. I, I can I can find a few players that I oh, we've got a few with. for Man United as well. Yeah, <laughs> just oh, disappear man. into the ether and never have a football career. Talking about bad right-backs, we had a guy called Mark Lynch, who I think legitimately, actually, considering he only played about four or five games, might have been the worst right-back, and he came from Man United. Oh, there you uh, go. He was rotten. But, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Donald Love had a good League One career. I'd be surprised if he had a good championship career. I wouldn't be surprised. Like, if someone had said to me last season, because he actually came in under Coleman towards the back end of our championship season in the relegation... And there's, he's, he's, it's a goal against Leeds. You can probably find it online on YouTube because mm. it was live on Sky. Um, it's a cracking goal from Paddy McNair, who really came into his own towards the end under Coleman, and that's why he ended up at Middlesbrough for £5 million. But it's set up by Donald Love, and he kind of cuts in, and he chips in this like with the outside of his boot over the top. It takes one bounce and on the half volley. Paddy McNair smashes in a shot from about 15 yards out. And it's a really good assist, and I think... I wrote an article towards the end of that that particular season saying there's five players that could do well for Sunderland in League One and could be potentially part of a renaissance. And I think we had like Joel Asora who left, Paddy McNair who left. Um, and I put Donald Love in there because he did actually start playing quite well. And it was another one of those seasons or one of those runs where he came into the team without actually doing anything. He still managed. I think we went unbeaten in like five games and we drew them all. But mm. And then he came up the side and we got beat. He did nothing towards helping that, really. It had nothing to do with the fact that he didn't make the defence tighter. He wasn't more vocal. I mean, it was just total coincidence. But <laughs> if he had started the season, as our, I mean, he did start our season last season as our number one choice right back. He kept Adam Matthews out, but he got injured really fast. I, I would have liked to see him given a full season at League One, and I wouldn't have been surprised if he was half decent. But I think it's got to the point with Sunderland fans where he's been here three seasons, and every time we've dropped a level, we've gone... Oh, well, he might be all right, and he just hasn't been for by hook or yeah. by crook. He just hasn't been really. Yeah, because he played because it's weird. Cause you look at his stats: he played twelve games in the Premier League, he played eleven games in the Championship. I'm talking about league games only, and then four in in League One. So, yeah, do you think fitness with things the Shrewsbury fans need to be concerned about fitness and injuries? Uh, in general, he's been all right, but he did struggle last season. I think he played every game up until like the Gillingham game, and then. He got injured and Adam Matthews reverted to right back. And Adam Matthews, who's since left us, is is more than capable of playing in a championship at the low end, let alone League One. So he's pretty decent. But like another lovable lad that we have is Luke O'Neill, who we got from Wickham as an attacker midfielder. He reverted into a right back. And by the time like Don Love was fit, it was just I th- I, you just couldn't be bothered with him, really. No. The poor little bugger. You just couldn't be bothered with him. So it sounds like a clean break is what he needed. Massively, a hundred percent, and which is why I don't want to be too harsh on him because yeah. there might be some of them fans listening going, "Oh, come on, he was rubbish," and he was, yeah, he was, he was in general rubbish. But he had he had moments where you're like, "Oh, well, he might be all right when we drop down to the championship, or oh, we might be all right when we drop down to League One." And I mean, when he joined the club was like the moment when things were going really south. So he's kind <laughs> of like synonymous with like he was the signing where things went really bad. Like he was a David Moyes signing, which is an era which we all want to forget. Mm. He was here due. Simon Grayson, he was here during Chris Coleman. And then when things started looking up under Jack Ross, he was in the team. Um, I went to the St. Mirren away game last season and he was at right back. Uh, Matthews was at left back and it looked like that was going to be it, like deal of it right back. And I thought, fair enough, I'm all right with that. 
but he got injured like four games in and just didn't really get back in. I think he was he was injured up until about February from about the beginning of September. Again, that'll fit him in well at our football club where we've got a serious serious amount of permacrocs at the time. But it's interesting for us because one of the things that you're probably interested to know is that we, we don't have any right wing-backs now other than Donald Love. So he's likely to start most games. We've got a lad called Ryan Sears, more of a traditional right-back, I suppose, Ollie, and but he's yeah. got a really bad injury. So he's coming into Shrewsbury and he's likely to play pretty much every week. So when we come and play you, it's, I can't remember when that is in the season now, but do you think he's likely to get like a, a booze or will it just be sort of, sort of I don't know, jokes like you've been talking about? Will he, will he get, yeah, I don't know. What will the reaction? <laughs> reaction be do you think it's more like a chuckle i mean it's okay, like there the, the something fan base can be pretty venomous like even just <laughs> writing about something sometimes you just because it's just such a passionate area and you kind of have to take that sometimes but mm. it's like football first football last but essentially i think with donald love i don't no one hates donald love do you know what i mean okay. everyone kind Good. of like it's just it's the lovable little rogue Good. Oh, there you go. Fingers crossed for him. He'll have played a few games by the time he gets to gets to playing you guys. I can't remember when it is now, actually, Glenn. I can't remember. No, I it's too early for looking at fixtures. Yeah, it's exactly. Three or four, isn't it? I think I think he'll do all right. Right wing back because he's defending. Is like he's one of those like full backs that just can't seem to stop crosses coming in. I think at wing yeah. back he'll probably do all right. He'll probably do a decent job. Um, and it's a good it's a good move from. I know it was a difficult season for you last season, but I mean when mm. Paul Hurst was there, it was. I mean, I was down. I went down Shrewsbury last year when you had um, that really bad manager. I forget his name now. Before Ricketts came in, that's the guy from Macclesfield. Yeah, yeah. and and he's you, our, you he's our David Moyes. Like, <laughs> uh, you, you were terrible, but then when he came up the came up the stadium light, I actually thought you were one of the better teams. Uh, yeah. You kind of do a lot of teams do sat behind the ball, but you you played well. Um, so I think I think for him it would be a good move. Like I say, if he did well at Shrewsbury and Shrewsbury have a good season and showed the form they did a couple of years ago and playing that right wing back, I, I can't see. I can't. I, he'd be a better right wing back than a right back. Yeah, we're going to play him at wing back. We got, we, so. Yeah, we've got confidence. So one of the things that is probably maybe going to help him as well is that we've got like a performance coach guy who's like a bit of a consultant who works with Red Bull who will help him maybe with the mental side. And we quite got we've got our um, scouting team and our analyst has got a really good record. So we've had Ben Godfrey on loan, Gene Dean Henderson on loan. Most of our signings normally do pretty you know pretty well, or you know we don't we don't do too badly. Yeah. So fingers crossed we've signed him for the right reasons. But it's all down to him now, isn't it? He's got an opportunity now to right. kind of. And if if he doesn't. Then if all you've got to do is kind of search Max Power and Donald Love, because <laughs> when he, when Max Power first came in, it was Max Power's Instagram stories were basically him just absolutely rinsing Donald Love. <laughs> Um, like there was there was one time I, th- I think I sent you the video when he, he had the scare cam on him yeah. and he was just playing Hadaway constantly. <laughs> but there was another one where he posted um, he posted like a a, vid- a just a photo of his Max Power's face in bed at like five past three in the morning I was like can't sleep wondering what D Love is up to and that, that's kind of why people loved on Love he's just lovable but he's just not very good at football which is such oh. a shame um, yeah I, I think and you, you have to say this in the nicest possible way because it sounds because we're in League One for a reason and we're in League One for season number two but Sunderland in recent years the fan base has been used to a high level of football and the shows we have mm, so yeah. maybe Maybe our expectations are sincerely higher as well. You'll probably give him more of a chance than yeah. we might. Yeah, yeah we're, we're definitely under less. Base, aren't we, yeah, we've got six thousand, six thousand or so fans, so it'd be a lot less pressure on him. Very nice, Ma- kind of like countryside. Apparently, his family kind of live in Shropshire as well. Yeah. Um. So he's from Rochdale. So yeah, maybe it's a good yeah, fit, and cool. you know, a new fresh chance for him to kind of um, to kind of Scotland, rebirth his career. Scotland and twenty-one at national, given his debut by Louis Van Hall, so he must have something somewhere. Yeah. Definitely. So, fingers well, crossed. 
Yeah, we'll have to see how he gets on, won't we, Ollie? One of yeah. the last things for us, huge fans, and again, we've got a, a guy called Rashawn Williams who was also in the Man United setup, so he's got a sort of a, a sort of friend he must know from that time here as well. So there's a lot of positives for us, and we can understand your viewpoint of having been a Sunderland fan and watched watched what he's been like. But um, yeah, I'm I'm just trying to. You always hold back on any signing really until ten yeah. games in, so I'm kind of feeling that. But it's yeah, good to get some right. feedback. Yeah, yeah, give everyone a chance, and I, and I hope he does well. And I think everyone would say the same with, with D Love. No one, like I say, no one hates him. Everyone kind of loves him in a really weird way. And if if he's terrible for you, just search through our hilarious videos that we have of him. <laughs> it's relatively <laughs> funny and, and worth it, you know. Good stuff. Brilliant. So yeah, thanks Graham for joining. Um, fantastic to have you on no. the podcast. And yeah, thanks for sharing the insight in D Love. I don't know whether it's insight. I wouldn't. I know nothing about football. That's one thing <laughs> yeah. I've learned. About, uh, one thing I've learned about writing about it is I know nothing about football, so maybe he'll be the next Cafu, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> Fingers crossed. Thanks, mate. Good to speak to you. No worries. Cheers, chap. So, thank you for Graham for joining us. That was fantastic. So, yeah, I hope everyone enjoyed that. Yeah, he really brought um, Donald Love to life for me, Ollie, which was quite nice. You know, you, you hear about a signing, but it's actually sometimes, we, don't, we haven't done this too many times of speaking to fans directly, have we, of, of a player. And I think for someone like Love, who's obviously got that cult thing figure at, at Sunderland, it's interesting to see him moving on. I think they'll all be watching what he does at our football club this season. But, um, yeah, always great to get insight. Yeah, no, it was really good. So, thanks for that. Yeah, we're trying to get more feedback and more comments from other fans. So it sort of gives that extra bit of dimension, doesn't it? Mm-hmm, yeah. So, talking of interviews, we've got another one. Yes. So, on to the next thing, which is Portugal. So, obviously, we we've been out and had our training session in Portugal last week, and a, and a training game as well. And yeah, there's been lots of news coming back from there, photos online of people. And um, we had John Dorset, who most Tuesday Town fans will know as Scooter, um, on the podcast last year, and uh, he actually went out to Portugal. Um, one of our oldest fans. He's he's been doing lots of uh, he's been doing most of the tour shoes we've done, which I do cover on the on the interview we did. But yeah, he popped around my house in the week to to let me know about what the trip was like and give us some thoughts and feelings on the players and and, and the whole thing really. So yeah, here's uh, my interview with uh, Scooter. So uh, welcome to Scooter, John Dorset, who's been on the podcast before um, and was one of the lucky few Shrewsbury Town fans that went abroad to watch Shrewsbury in Portugal last week. So we thought we'd get you back on, Scooter, just to sort of have a catch-up really about what the experience was like, because we were just talking before we started recording about Shrewsbury going abroad and doing tours before, and you know, I've known you a while, and I thought if we'd done it before, you might have gone to some, but you've yeah, not, not been abroad. Yeah, definitely have been there. <laughs> yeah, but you're saying that you've only been to Scotland and, was it Ireland? Ireland, yeah, we've been to, we did Ireland twice, they were good trips. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, good. And, and the Scotland one, up to the Highlands, yeah, when nice. Ian McNeil was manager. Ah, right, excellent. Not quite as sunny though. I imagine scooting. No, we had, it was actually we had one week in Stirling. All right, eighty four because the Olympics were on. Oh, there you it go. Rained and rained for days, but um, the one up in the Highlands was quite good actually. Oh, Stayed in there. So it's been a long gap between them, hasn't it? By the sounds of it. Oh yeah, yeah the, that's a shame. It's been disappointing. Yeah, that, yeah. that they haven't done anything. We did one down. Didn't we? we did one down in. Um, Cornwall area, yeah. we? which was like yeah, that was another good one. Yeah, not a broad like, but this was obviously something quite special in terms of being able to, you know, for a first time have a, have an open training session. We'll come to what the game was like, but yeah, so you'd been to a few of those things before. So I thought I, knew, I thought you'd be the most likely person to ask to go, Scoot. So cheers for joining us. Um, but yeah, I suppose I just ask you really: Did you go out just for the game, or did you go out a few days before? Yeah, well, a couple of days before, and we went Sunday. The game was Tuesday night. Yeah. Two of us came back Thursday. Some of them did come. A lot, quite a lot, were coming back on the Wednesday. In and out, got yeah. work and stuff. I, I think I saw your photos. Didn't you arrive at the airport just before the town play? Yeah, 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 yeah. They would. So that there was a hell of a queue to get through customs, <laughs> and they, they, they were at the back of it, same as us. Even bigger after we leave Europe, mate. <laughs> get yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, yeah, you travel with a few free friends and stuff, and I say you had a few days in in Portugal. And what was what was the what was the place like? Nice place down on the Algarve, nice yeah. and sunny. It, 
Strangely enough, when they announced this, I was in Portugal for the two England games. Oh, yeah. And a one lad, Ollie, a town fan, who's from Ludlow, Ollie Bromley, he was there as well for the England games. Mm. So and we both said, oh, yeah, we fancy coming back. Could <laughs> um, stay so, for a week or two so, and just yeah, made a big well, holiday of it. Should say these people have got work and stuff. So, yeah, we said, well, Ty, I haven't got to bother with now. <laughs> exactly, no. But, um, and I found one mate in Shrewsbury, Stokesy, and four of them came up from Ludlow. And they do a bit of a crew. Nice. So, we saw the photos. Obviously, a few people will know that um, John's on, John Scooter is on uh, Twitter. I think it's a Scooter, yeah, isn't it? So, we're putting yeah. up your photos there. And obviously, the Shropshire Star have already been into you this week and had an interview with you. So, we'll probably ask you a few slightly different questions. But, um, yeah, I suppose, where were you staying then? Was it far from the stadium? Well, yeah, we were staying in Albufera, which is a sort of main Algarve resort. Yeah. And we were, yeah, right in the, <laughs> right in the middle of it. I let Ollie choose the hotel. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we got up on the balcony at 10 o'clock at night and things are just starting then. Oh, <laughs> but, but that was fine, yeah. And there was plenty of other people. Busy was in another place, literally two doors down. Ah, okay. Um, Do people tend to find each other then during yeah, a couple of days? That's yeah, good. people just found each other. And the one bar just across the road, we were in Albufera Beach Hotel, it was called. Mm. But it wasn't on the beach. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it was only around the corner. That's but great. yeah, and people tend to sort of congregate during the day just outside. And weren't Wrexham and Sheffield Wednesday there as well? So there was a few of Yeah, um, Sheffield Wednesday were actually going back the next day. They'd ah, okay. been there, so they'd been there a bit. We didn't see too many Sheffield fans, so I don't know where the, where they'd been staying. Mm. We saw them at the game, but... Yeah, yeah. everyone's knocking around. There so, weren't a lot of them about. By the time we came back, Sheffield United had started arriving. Oh, right, OK. Good job they didn't clash. It could oh, no. Yeah. Chaos um, on the Algarve again, but... Um, so was it a bus up to the stadium or something, or was it walkable? Just a taxi. Okay. No, it was it's about two and a half, three mile, and, know, and it was inland from the coast, so okay. it wasn't a particularly nice little place. Oh, really? But, okay. Um, the, <laughs> the, you know, not, not very scenic. No. So, um, <laughs> so, yeah, but we just hopped in a taxi, and it was less than 10 euros for a taxi. That's all right, now, so. and, and I say, you saw the photos, obviously a nice little stadium, sort of yeah. you know, suitable for a pre-season game. What were your, what were your feelings about that little little stadium? Yeah, that was, that was pretty much what we expected, as, as far as the stadium itself goes, just the one just the one main stand, yeah. some changing rooms, and you could wander around the rest of it, yeah, okay. put their flags up on the back wall, and all, all that sort of stuff. And, and have a drink as you were walking yeah. around as well. You could have a drink. <laughs> makes, makes it a bit more enjoyable for pre-season, well, doesn't it, I suppose? When we first got there, there was only just one bar across the way, and that, <laughs> and, and that was in plastic glasses as well. They were oh. obviously ready for the football. So we had a bit of a walk up the road and found one. Ready for the English it was fans. A, it, was only, it was only a euro a bottle at the one up the road. That'll do, won't it? Yeah, that'll do. It's a happy days. Um, so, yeah, so obviously got to the game. Um, I haven't had a nice couple of days. And I suppose one thing most fans will be interested in, really, was thoughts on the game and, and players, obviously. And, you know, the vibe we got from, from you know, obviously the Shropshire style weren't there, and we talked about that on the podcast last week, but... The, the vibe we got was it was quite a low key game, Scooter, and yeah, it, played out. It, it was fairly low key. They, they, it was still, it was still basically a ninety minute game. Okay, they just re, they really had a sort of timeout at thirty minutes. Ah, okay, and so they all had a drink, made a few subs all together. Then when they restarted, they were still kicking the normal way because I was expecting to change <laughs> round at that point, but, but they didn't. So they they still then they did a quick change round at forty five minutes. Yeah. And then um, another stop again, and a load more subs. Like so, and I think yeah. some of the ones who'd gone off came back on. Yeah, it, was, it sounded like rolling subs, didn't it? To be yeah. Fair. But obviously, you're one of the very few fans that say who's got to see some of the new players. So, I suppose you know who 
I mean, it might not be new or old, I suppose. We'll come to new players in a minute. But who who stood out for you really as looking sharp or, or looking decent? Um, I was impressed with the left back with, uh, with Giles. Okay. The nearest we came to a goal was he put a great cross in and a Morrison header and the Wednesday keeper tipped it over the bar. Oh. Good save. Yeah. And that was certainly our best move. And yeah, he looked as if he can get forward. He started with Barnett on the, as the right wing back, mm. which. Again, he he looked okay. So we've signed one since, yeah, but, um, yes, but, must. which I'm, I'll look forward to seeing him. Uh, but um, uh, I think Barnett could certainly do a job. Yeah, yeah. You got Wally there as well, haven't you? We talked yeah, about last week. Yeah, well, yeah. That was the sub after half an hour, and they they played Wally as the wing back. And then I'm not. I can't remember now if it was Barnett <laughs> went back there or somebody else because they did get Wally further forward later in the game. Oh, okay, there you go. Yeah, well, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see where he ends up playing. But um, my, my other question really was on the goalkeepers because I think you got to see Murphy and yeah. um, Max O'Leary. I'm not remembering the players' names. Yeah, been in that long. I mean, yeah, yeah well, we get used to that. But yeah, yeah they both. They did both look fine. Mm. I was um, not I as was worried. Impressed with Murphy, yeah, a bit more to be positive about. I think. Yeah, it? yes. Again, it's slightly worrying about about the injury to Murphy, but um, but they both looked decent keepers. Yeah. Did that, that injury happen in the game? Do we know? I don't know. I didn't know. I, I don't recall any no. incident. Okay. So I would, and it, it was a couple of days later. I think before it was reported. Mm. So might have just been in training. And another player that I heard a bit of few fans mentioning was James Rowland. You know, yeah. it sounds like he sounded. Looked he's, like he's, he's a really promising young player, James yeah. Rowland. I'm not sure he's ready for League One yet. Maybe another twelve months. Mm. Mm. He's got well, he's got a few years on the contract, hasn't he? Yeah, to kind of push through now. I mean, but, with Norburn being injured, it's another thought as to there's a yeah, opportunity. Yeah, so we were sat in that, in the one main stand, and at the back behind us were Norburn, Dave Edwards, and Lawrence. And, and you're thinking, <laughs> any any one of them would have made a bit of a difference yeah, in, yeah. in that central midfield. You do worry about injuries now in midfield, don't you? I haven't seen that. It's a, it's, I think it was, was it a knee or an ankle? I can't remember what yeah, it was in Melbourne, but no, ligaments, yeah. not ideal, is it? Wearing a knee brace, yeah. Oh, <laughs> be interesting to find out. Yeah, well, yeah, that. exactly. They've seen to both of those, say, if they didn't happen in the game, those injuries have obviously happened in the training sessions. Out in well, Norburn, yeah. The, which is not cause, Yeah, because Norburns had happened before the game. Yes, it was already yeah, ruled out. Exactly. So. So, interesting. But, um, yeah, there we go. So, I mean, any, any other, anyone else stand out? Any other thoughts from the game, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Morrison looks pretty solid okay. up front. Yeah. Like, he didn't really have a great a great amount of service. <laughs> he played Acer part of the time up front with him, and I'm not. I don't think he's really a forward. Acer, no, no, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, it looks like he's trying to get him out on loan now. Yeah, getting some games as a mm. winger somewhere. I would have thought. Mm. So yeah, I would. I would expect us to, to sign another forward as well. Yeah. So we've got some options off the bench. I'd hope so. I'd hope so. Yeah, because the Morrison injury and we look pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. So um, there we go. Oh, I suppose it's good to know. I mean, I say for a training game, it was probably you know the experience of being yeah, there and seeing. It was a just... good workout. The keepers yeah. didn't have a lot of chance with the no. two goals. Okay. Somebody on Twitter was a bit amused because I didn't really see the build-up to the first one because I'd just <laughs> been to the bog. So. <laughs> It happens all season, that. Yeah. Oh, there we go. And and apparently, you weren't, you know, there was another slightly Shrewsbury Town famous person there in Andy Mangan. We were just talking, you didn't actually meet him. But yeah. Weird for him to be yeah, there. So, yeah, some of the people, there was three or four from Fleetwood there. Ah, okay. Um, so that they must have been staying somewhere close by. Mm. But yeah, some of them had their photo taken with him, and you'll find them on yeah, Twitter I, I and Facebook and stuff. But uh, yeah, I don't know how I managed to miss that. There's not many players left from Mangan's time, so you do wonder he'd come back to see. It must must have been some of the fans he got on well with. No, suspect, I, I suppose they'll have a look anyway, yeah, out of interest. Um, We've got a player, haven't we? Yeah, it's and, often and, surprising, I think, how many of the players do know each other. Yeah. 
True enough. Especially scousers. There seem to be so many of them. Right? <laughs> there we go. And, and Ollie wanted to ask a question about what, what, the, what the management team were doing, because some of the photos we looked like they were sitting in the back of one of the stands looking yeah, down, and yeah, fans that, could just sit by them, so they were pretty open to questions and photos, I assume. Yeah. Um, I didn't notice anybody bothering them too much, okay. but, the, but, but the two lots were sat, um, were sat quite close to each other at the back of the stand, and then they'd just go down when they had the breaks and um, the, but at the end of the game um, Sam Ricketts was chatting to people and having photos oh good good trying to charm them that's good you yeah want to I mean with them people going all that way I'd hope they'd show you do some appreciation and you know not refuse yeah, not they would yeah. refuse because you know you guys went a long way to watch Shrewsbury Town fair play to you so, um, so that, was, that was about it really and I noticed that you did the traditional Shrewsbury Town thing where did you go post-match scooter yeah yeah we went and had a curry <laughs> I think there was 10 or 12 of us oh nice but, um, oh. Because, yeah, we'd, we'd set off with about that number from the three or four taxis from the one bar. Yeah. And um, it, was, it was just down the road. Then they say, it's all going on there. Then mm. Some of them were out till four in the morning. I, I couldn't stick that. Not these days. <laughs> Back in the day, I'm sure you would have done. But, um, yeah, and I suppose I mean, we're just, it's been really good to have a quick catch-up on this. And, um, obviously, we've got our next precinct game coming up at... Ludlow, which I'm going to be at. Yeah, yeah, I'm there, going so to Ludlow. That, that's good. But in terms of any trips abroad like that, you know, similar, it's the first thing we've done like that. Is there anything you think that could be improved for next year to sort of make fans' experience a bit better? Or, I don't know, what was it? Yeah, was it fine well, for what it was? I mean, it's just more information and yeah. and sooner, really. Yeah. Um, I've no idea... I've still no idea where the town team actually stayed. Maybe they don't want people messing with them there. But it, you know, maybe if you could go along and see a training session if you were close by. But, yeah, that's true. But um, so I don't know. They just turned up for the game. People dashing out of the bar to see a coach arrive. I couldn't get too excited about doing that. You must have but, seen uh, enough town coaches arrive over the years, mate. Um, okay, well, yeah. It's, I mean, but I, I but think the main thing, yeah, is, I think is just if they'd have let people know a few weeks earlier, and I'm not saying that's the club. Fault. I don't. No. I don't know if they hadn't arranged it or. I think it was a fairly last minute thing by yeah. the sounds of it, and and they saw an opportunity to just make it an open training but, session with Sheffield Wednesday, and but maybe next year if there's a bit of time. It's the sort of place where it's it's easy to go and book, and there's nice beaches and yeah, reasonably cheap beer, and it's a nice few days. Oh, good. Well, me and Ollie have already. The reason we didn't go in the end was uh, if we were going to go, we'd have gone out for the podcast. But Ollie had got no annual leave left, so next year, yeah. on the off chance it's happening again, he's saving some annual leave and we'll be able to go. So, um, yeah, well, maybe we'll join you for a curry next year. Yeah, so. well, it was, it's just nice to meet some of the fans that you don't see online, perhaps now yeah. who've moved away from Shrewsbury and. Um, that they were out there. All in all, sounded like a great trip, and we, we thank you for a, f- a few recollections on it, Scooter. And uh, yeah, we'll have you back on the podcast as the season progresses, and, and hopefully we're, we're doing a bit better than last year when you came on. And um, yeah, enjoy I'm the hoping rest. so. Yeah, <laughs> thank you, mate. At, at least I was on after a good win last time. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That was quite rare. So yes, cheers for joining us, Scooter, and we'll catch you later in the season. So yeah, that was it was good to hear from Scooter, and obviously what was a fantastic trip. One I'm personally gutted to miss, Ollie, but um, maybe we can remedy that one day down the year. But um, yeah, it'd be interesting. I mean. I, we always, we've been to Portugal last year in a row, haven't we? I'd like him to just to go somewhere a bit different next year, Ollie. Some, somewhere I've never been. <laughs> yeah, it'd be good to go somewhere like I don't know, like Germany or um, yeah, somewhere a bit, a bit, bit more interesting. But I guess as long as there's a bar um, and there's <laughs> cheap flights, that's the main thing. Maybe Barcelona yeah. would be a good one for that. And, and as we covered, obviously Town got what they wanted out of it. Obviously not the two injuries, which uh, was a bit disappointing. But the fitness work, obviously the, the hot weather training. And um, we'll probably cover a little bit of some of the other things that went on. Because obviously we, we, John Pitts did an interview and he talked about some of the stuff they've been doing out there. So yeah, it sounded, it sounded like a good trip all in all. Which um, I suppose brings us to, to John Pitts really. We can cover his interview first, I suppose, Ollie, Because he did a really interesting interview this week, didn't he? Which he name-dropped us in. 
Yeah, he did. Yeah, which is quite funny. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, so there was an interview with John Pitts um, where he talks about his role. So, and the club asking about his role, you know, his, yeah. and his, what is his purpose? So his purpose, he kind of covered in four points. So firstly, it's to create a high performance environment, um, to build an environment where staff um, activities on a daily basis kind of works towards how the team create that environment so that's interesting you know focus on the mind how we integrate the thinking individual performance and also how we differentiate for ourselves from other teams um, which i thought was quite interesting um, and i did tweet out in the week um, a link to a podcast formula one podcast about toto wolf where he talks about the environment that he creates um, at mercedes which is really interesting listen um, and it just shows you know if, if you know there's a two thousand people at mercedes it's probably one of them you know formula one is one of the highest performing kind of organizations you know it's a very interesting environment where you've got engineering people and you know trying to perform perform against others and build a car and it's interesting that you know shrewsbury are trying to take that gap and try and be um in a really you know try and take in a competitive advantage by by taking a different route here i mean from my observations of being in met managers and the way we run things potentially quite different to what we've done before a very very different approach and obviously we've met John before and he's he's just sort of let out to us what I mean it, it makes me interested to one of the first questions that John and Rickett John Pitts and Ricketts asked us at one of those fan focus groups which was what as fans did we see as our identity and they, they asked us a lot of questions about that didn't yeah. they and you know obviously this is the sort of thing that he's used to feed into maybe what they're trying to do for us and you know if that's the case then hopefully they'll have a hard-working you know committed team next season because I think that's what we would want our identity to be and that was the feedback that they got really but um yeah you know it, it was it's an interesting interview in terms of, of trying to create that high performance in, environment and it can only help players to settle and to understand their roles and and deal with the knocks and the setbacks that you get during the season that they've been through it and they know the, the ways to cope with it yeah definitely and he talks about how you know um, like he uses the, the free diving the free diving there's another interview about free diving where it's like test their application you know yeah. get them out of their comfort zone you know how can you make difference and, and also trying to get them to improve and challenge each other and support each other in problem solving so hopefully that can then translate into a game when you know they're they can then solve problems, um, and it's something that they talked about in the second um, inter- in second section we had with them, wasn't it? Where you say, no, they're starting to see the players kind of problem solving themselves on a game, um, and you know when you when you watch a lot of football, you see other teams do this, don't you? Especially at the high end, um, you see yeah. teams talk about things and make trying to make decisions. So so that was really interesting. It's interesting to see what he's bringing bringing to the party. Especially with his role, you know, now having an assistant manager as well, a lot of people were kind of still possibly one of the reasons they did this interview is a lot of people have been saying, what does he do? You know, yeah. what, what's his role at the football club? It's good for it to have been defined with the fans. And I certainly think it's an interview worth watching, Ollie, um, in terms of, of, of where he's at and, and what, what's actually going on. And, um, yeah, hope for, hopefully it's the sort of thing that gives us a slight competitive advantage. If it's one or two percent, you know, advantage on on way we deal with things, it's going to help the team on the pitch, isn't it? Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's I think it's a good move for us to be trying something like that. And it testament to Ricketts and that approach he's, he's wanting to bring really something maybe a little bit fresher for this football club yeah and you know you often hear about football being a bit conservative you know in terms of like you know people quite skeptical about analysts and xg and all these kind of things and now it's another thing which is coming into football so it's good to see that yeah it's interesting an interesting aspect um and then another interesting aspect and this he talks <laughs> about um, engagement with the fans and the media as well quite importantly both of them together um, so we've mentioned, haven't we, that they we've obviously been to a focus groups with with the management team. They've done yes. that with the media team as well to try and share. Um, and yeah, John Pitts is quite clear that you know he wants to give information out to groups rather than being a closed book. 
and his, and his kind of those words that he kind of how he describes that is that means that people can then have an informed decision which i thought is quite insightful that you know he's saying this to the to the club and also other people you know to those who are listening that you know they want to take a bit of a different approach and and also tackles that thing about you know if, you, if you're a closed book how do people like ourselves who he mentions and the media and the fans make an opinion on a group of leaders if we yeah. don't hear anything about them and what they're doing and why they're doing these certain things it's an interesting and it's also interesting because as a football club you know it, it, that's it's a it's an admirable thing they're trying to do you know if we think about some of those meetings we can't really talk about the detail of what they told us but we can say that they told us why they made certain decisions about certain players when for example we talked about rotation or they showed us tactical plans that they like to bring forward and, and maybe the reasons and, and the whys and the wherefores as to what went on in things and that's great and I think that my vibe is it that they want us to disseminate that information to the fan base which is great and, not, and when I mean us I mean my Twitter account the Southcast the guys from Blue and Amber are on there the OSC members who turn up to tell their members and a couple and of that fans can, as well who yeah, are exactly. vocal and, and on people, Facebook groups and things like that or even even going to the games, and that's yeah. great, and I think that will work. Um, it does worry me that that you know there's a, there's a certain sieving, or it could create some problems down the line if something's said, or I, I don't know. But I think it's an admirable thing. But it puts us all in a slightly interesting situation that I hadn't really thought about before in terms of being that maybe that conduit and, and trying to get that information across. Because deep down, yeah, I like what John Pitt says. I like what Ricketts has said in those meetings. Um, but at the end of the day, I view my football on the football pitch and I'll always go back to that. Yeah. And if we can have all these great plans and all these great ideas and some of the answers they gave us you know, placated me. Some of those answers I thought, yeah, great. I mean, you're experienced. You've been in this game a lot longer than I have. And, and it's for me to make my own judgments on it. But... It, <laughs> It's, it's, it's going to be interesting for us because one of the things I thought was interesting was he, I think he used the word phrase of misbehaving, yeah. which I couldn't really get my head around because is that misbehaving as in, well, you're, you're talking in an uninformed way and to him, he considers that to be misbehaving. I don't know. What did you make of that? Yeah, I thought the misbehaving was an interesting one. It, for me, you can take it in different ways. Is it, yeah, they, they see, um, particularly, I think you on Twitter, I don't think you'd have any arguments to that about, you know, being, shit, a bit mis- mis- <laughs> yeah, being mischievous or, you know, pointing things out or, you know, taking the mick out of things and kind of going yeah. into the you know, on the edge or whatever. And it's easy to do that on social media. So that's one aspect is like your behaviour. But then it's also... <laughs> okay, so it's just me then, Ollie. We're, no, no, we're no, okay. Yeah, I'm using that as an example, but you know, every, all <laughs> fans joking. and stuff. But then so they, so was it their interpretation? So was it your behaviour or is it actually the club's <laughs> interpretation of your behaviour or yeah. things like the, the podcast? Or is it the fans' behaviour of the fanzine in the past? Or if you know, if you do another fanzine this year, where really fans aren't actually misbehaving, um, it's actually just fans being fans. So you know, and yes. then they don't, you know, they can only see what they see and they don't know what they're doing. So it's really interesting kind of discussion about you know what they're doing, and he kind of adds in a, an interesting line. You know, he says that you know we're, we're, we're guys that just want to see the team do well. Um, which I thought was quite interesting. So it's uh, interesting about how they're now challenging and looking at you know how the fans interact with the club. It's it's int- uh, he's really right. You know he cannot have come out of those meetings or listened to one of these podcasts. I think that most people would think that our number one driver as fans is that we want to see our team do well all the time. Or, uh, you know it drives me. You know it's why we do this podcast. Why I love being a Shrewsbury Town fan. But at the end of the day, I want my club to do well. I want the team that I support to do well. But I'm aware that football players are transition. Uh, and a performance coach's management is transigent and manager is transigent I'll back them all the way while they're here but if things are not going right it, I think any fan is within their rights to be miffed be vocal at a game to, to say what they feel on social media about a poor performing team and we were certainly given plenty of opportunity to do that last season now yeah we, we had some context as to why certain things were going wrong in that early Ricketts period and it really helped and I think maybe disseminating that information possibly helped other fans but deep down you know, there was a few games where we aren't on a bad run again, and and that's what we were watching. So it is a, it is a fine balance, I think, yeah. between 
trying to help the club by you know promoting what these guys are doing which seems really sensible but also I'm very keen to keep my view of the the, the neutral Shrewsbury Town fan that I am and and give my view on things and I think it, you know it's an interesting balance for us to take I suppose yeah, and I'd... it's a slightly different position than we have been in the last two seasons but it, it, it's interesting discussion and hope other people find this interesting because it's you know it is about our social media football presence the way they deal with the media which we briefly talked about last week and how possibly that isn't great and yeah it's, it's, it's changing times I think yeah I think um, to kind of I don't know is it correct or just kind of make a comment on something you said about you know we went to those groups and then we disseminate that out um, yeah. I think for me this is a change so I think Sam Ricketts has always been quite clear and honest about what he says and I think John Pitt's coming out and talking is a step in the right direction then it's not just relying on us to disseminate what people said so Bang I think on. them having more dialogue more kind of openness with the fans is going to help them understand um, and then because one thing you don't want to ad- want to avoid is an us and them scenario whether it's the yeah. fans the media yeah. you know we've heard things about the issues like you know why did Lewis Cox not go to, to Portugal and why did BBC Shropshire not go so you know there are certainly some some th- issues kind of like you know under the surface so you know I think hopefully this can be a start and yeah this um, this us and them thing that potentially is encroaching can be stopped yeah hopefully I'd say that we mentioned it briefly last week but there's a, there's a club open day coming up this year which is not an open day it's more like a, a bit of an open house really where they're going to go open the stadium up all the players are there they can sign autographs meet the players meet Ricketts um, and as we talked about Portugal Ricketts is not afraid to meet fans and, and talk to them directly and I think that having that open house you know and inviting people in is a really good idea it's another chance for them to get little ideas across to people and the more of that they do I think the more credit you earn with a fan base you know where people can see you're trying but you know deep down I will always yeah, say it comes day, down to what's results. on the and uh, you know when it gets when they if it's all clicked and it went right I can see things going right this season but it's way too early to judge where the hell we're going to go this year isn't it and um, we'll, we'll have to see but yeah I, I enjoyed that interview it was, it was nice to hear from Eric Ramsey as well Ollie yeah so yeah so it was good yeah so Eric um, was interviewed as well he talked about yeah it was you know it was great in the chance chance that they've got a lot of time um, on the grass away from home and building on your tactics and how the manager wants us to play. Um, the practice games worked out really well. Each game's been a different test. So we've played um, MTMS, then we played Wolves um, under-23s, and then we played, obviously, Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah. Um, so each game has basically showed us plus points and showed us things we need to work on. And to be honest, I don't think really losing 2-0 to a championship team is a problem. You know, it's going to iron out issues and problems in the team. So, so so that was really good. And also, I think it was interesting that Eric Ramsey mentions, you know, it's important that the staff build and build a relationship because obviously it's going to get, you know, there's going to be times when they disagree and things are tense. Obviously, they're, them having a strong relationship and a strong bond is going to help, um, I think, the team as well. And again, a lot of people were sort of suggesting, has Eric Ramsey also been pushed to the side? Like, you could have considered like what happened with Coyne being moved away and then moved on. Was he pushed out to make room for Barrow? Who knows what happened? But people were worrying about Ramsey and his role at the football club. And I think, again, putting him forward for an early pre-season interview like that kind of maybe puts those rumours to bed. And I think, from, from again, my reading of the situation is he is a very important part of that coaching team that's now been brought together. Um, and, I, and as I said last week, I don't see any more change to that coaching team, in all honesty. So, yeah, it's, it seems like that's set and they can, they've worked through all the pre-season together so um yeah it's not it's a decent team i suppose yeah no definitely and then talking to the team um we had um, one more question uh, so one final question for this podcast um from miles yeah. um so thanks for the question um so i'll ask you this question first glenn so what other positions do you th- would you like to see reinforced shall i just say striker like i always do no <laughs> um uh i think that the 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 injuries the two injuries in portugal would possibly make me look at another goalkeeper um 
and I would also probably look for a more attacking central midfielder if Norburn's got a reasonable injury because obviously we could have fielded him there even without Norburn's injury I might have still been thinking who's that who's that key to unlock defences um, so I think possibly those two at the moment um, I would say striker as well but uh, those two now after those injuries I think are probably very key yeah I think for me um, different to that is right wing back yeah. um, with Sears being out and yeah, Sears did fantastic in that Barnsley game, but I'm not really sure where he's going to play. So that's an interesting one. Yeah. Um, midfield is an odd one because we've got so many midfielders, but obviously we haven't really seen Walker. Edwards is a bit of a doubt with his injuries. Um, and then you've got obviously Grant potentially go the Norburn as well. So you've got a lot of central midfielders. You know, Vince, a lot you can class as defender, maybe midfielder. So yeah, I think definitely a number 10, someone who's, you know, a class number 10 would be fantastic to play that someone behind the strikers. You know, obviously, we'd never say no to a, a, a striker on loan from a top club. Um, yeah. So that would be really good. So, yeah, I guess, um, you know, I think whoever this... we sign now needs to be, I th- you know, we haven't got any, we've only got one player, is it one player, no, two players on loan now, so we can get a few more loans. Um, so I think a bit of quality into the squad is what's needed. So, yeah, quality um, over quantity now is definitely important. Yeah, we've done all right so far. Those injuries yeah, have set us back a little bit. I think that's fair to say. But um, I, I, central midfield worries me a little bit, and there is a very strong lilt towards a defensive-minded midfielder. Like you, you, you know, you could field all of our central midfielders in a defensive position, really. Maybe other than Roland, who I think is more attacking, but possibly is unlikely to feature all that much this season. And you know, we're crying out for a Nolan or a Doherty, one of those ones that can yeah. to possibly unlock a defence. Hard, hard, hard players to find, but I think then possibly someone out there in a, as you said, a Premiership team or a Championship team that's got a, a talented sort of attacking midfielder that we can kind of go and nab, and and hopefully that might be that last jigsaw to the sort of puzzle that they're building really, but um, definitely needed anyway. Yeah, yeah that's, that's my answer anyway. So cheers for Miles for the question. Really, yeah. it was. Um, I think that you know that that's probably what most fans are thinking at the moment. I'd imagine so. Yeah, there we go. It's been a, it's been a chock full one, Ollie. Yeah, interesting podcast. So yeah, a bit of a different thing, and I guess this is kind of almost back to yeah. You said why we do the podcast. This is a bit of a fun, bit of hobby for us. Um, yeah. So talking of um, next games and stuff, and kind of that, we've got some preseason friendlies coming up. Um, I'm going to be on holiday in the next one, so it'll be yourself, Glyn, and a, and a guest. I'm covering the next pod. Interestingly, Ollie, you don't know this, but I've got tickets in the Sovereign Club for the Aston Villa game. Whoop, whoop. So um, I'll be. Uh, I'll be, t- be interested to you all, meet. I'll listen to. I'll, just, be, I'll listen to that one with interest. Then when I'm when it comes up on my um could, on my phone, could be a blockbuster. But I'll be definitely be taking a hat. Don't get thrown out. Stand. No, I won't. Um, but uh, yeah, that should be interesting. So I know. Also, I'm also going to. Um, Newport County at Ludlow on Wednesday. Yep. So I'm going to two games next week, so we'll have plenty to cover in that. And yep. um, my brother and my dad are coming to the, the Villa game with me, so we're possibly going to head back to his house, and uh, my, my dad's house, and do a sort of price cast again, um, early season price cast. So, yeah, um, have a nice holiday, Ollie, I suppose yep. is all I'd like to say. And um, when you get back, I'm away, so yep. we shan't cross paths for a few weeks, but no. um, we will be keeping on top of it. in August, yeah. So so you're going to do a podcast um, with, some, with some guests, and then I'll do a podcast... Um, um, Nathan has agreed to come on, so um, oh, so Nathan's going to the first game of the season. Um, I'll be able, to, hopefully, should be able to watch it actually. Um, so I'll watch the first game out in in, in Rhodes, and then Nathan's going, so he can give us the insight. And then me and you'll be back, Glyn, um, for the sixth of August. So what yes. a bit of a while until we're back, but um, yeah, it'll be it'll be good to get different people on the podcast as always. It would, it would. So there we go. So that's the plan for the next few weeks, and uh, yeah, hopefully everyone can just uh, is in basking in the glory of England's World Cup victory today. So um, yeah. Finally, nice seeing England team not losing a semi final and actually go and get the job done. So, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna call it a day there, Ollie, and I'm gonna start editing the podcast and watch the highlights back. So, uh, yeah, good man. Catch you later, mate. Cheers, guys. Thanks for listening. <laughs>